lives Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets Oh, she's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh Betty and the Jets Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about plumbers, drivers, wheelchairs, newspapers, purses, glamping, farts, honeymoons, and paragliding. Let's get on with the show. So we're going to Europe, and the flight is full. And on this plane, it's a 767 Boeing. It has four lavatories for coach. Well, two of the sinks were backed up, clogged. So the sinks were full of water, so that if any more people washed their hands, it would be overflowing. So we were kind of looking at locking off two lavatories. That only leaves two lavatories in the whole main cabin on a full flight to Europe. It's a problem. So on the uh, Airbus, we have a little thing we can do. It's a latchy thing we pull to uh, let the sink drain, but there's nothing like that on the Boeing. And so the one flight attendant was texting the company. Uh, He had already called the pilots. They didn't have an answer. Uh, He's texting the company in case there's something we don't know about. And this other flight attendant goes, oh, no, I can fix it. I got it. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, get me a Pellegrino bottle and two Cokes. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Pellegrino is a sparkling water. It's, It's a stiffer bottle than a regular water bottle. So I said, well... I'm I'm gonna, I, I want to see what you're doing cuz you know I'm going to might need to do this again some other time and she's like okay well I'm putting on two pairs of gloves I'm like thinking okay two pairs of gloves two cokes and a pellegrino bottle to the rescue <laughs> So she shows me that she's going to use the pellegrino bottle like a plunger so she put it on the drain in the standing water and was using squeezing the bottle to bring some of the liquid in and then smooshing it back down she's basically making her own plunger and she did this for a while and she was like seems like this should have already done it she's like okay we, we need the cokes and i was thinking the cokes are barely gonna fit in there because the water is like already up to the top of the sink she pours the cokes in there now it's really full and she uses the pellegrino slash plunger and and plunges again and then it went all the water went down and get this the other one it was right across from it the other one went down so they must be connected <laughs> and i was like hallelujah we saved the day with two Cokes and a Pellegrino bottle. And uh, she said, well, 
For a while there, I was carrying a plunger, and I was thinking, you are carrying a plunger? You know, you can only fit so much in your suitcases and carry-on, and uh, I'm thinking, I carry a lot of things, but I draw the line at a plunger. I had an Amsterdam trip, and I haven't been flying Amsterdam because I've been doing Maui and some Africa, but I did an Amsterdam trip, and apparently the people who fly this all the time know this one particular crew van driver, but I didn't know him, and I come down. You know, it's midnight, our time, but I've just taken a shower. I've just done my hair, you know, looking all good for work, and uh, it's time to go leave the hotel, and there's this guy... I didn't even know it was the van driver. I just see this guy who's strange looking, if you ask me. He had bald with like fuzzy hair on the sides, kind of like a clown. And he goes to me, ah, oh, ah. Oh. And I'm thinking, does he know me? Does he think I'm somebody else? What's he doing? And it was like time slowed down. I can't tell you why, because I was thinking, what is he doing? What is he doing? Because he, he's got his hands out. He's like, oh, oh, and, and he's getting close to me. And he's getting really close to me. And I'm thinking, what's he doing? What's he doing? And then he grabs my head. I'm sorry, this is strange. This is a person I've never seen before. He grabs the sides of my head and smashes by my ears, messing up my hair on both sides, patting my ears. And then he takes, now he's got my head in his hands and he pulls my head closer. And I'm telling you, time slowed down because I'm thinking, he better not try to kiss me. Is he trying to kiss me? What is happening here? What is going on here? What? What? Luckily, he might have seen the look on my face like, don't you effing try to kiss me. I don't even know you. So he let go. And I was like, sure. Like, what was that? I don't even know what that was. And so now the rest of the crew had been watching this. And the one guy flight attendant goes, oh, my God, I didn't know what he was doing to you. And I could tell that if he tried to kiss you, you were going to take him down. <laughs> time ago, we used to collect plastic bottle lids. And we use a lot of plastic bottles. And we collect a lot of plastic bottles. We give on international, we give every passenger a bottle of water. So right there, you know, there's 300 plastic bottle lids. And we used to collect them because they used to make wheelchairs out of the plastic bottle lids in Johannesburg. And I haven't been flying that for so long. And, uh, I've been flying it again, and they're still doing it. So I'm going to be starting to collect on my other trips because I have a Joe Berg trip next month. I'm going to collect the plastic lids to make. I mean, what better cause is there? Not only are you recycling, but they're making wheelchairs for people who need a wheelchair. But I was flying with a girl who was very into it, and it was really interesting for me because I, I'm a big recycler. Anyway, so um, but get this: she was telling me these things I didn't know that the cap. The plastic cap on the water bottle has more plastic in it than the whole bottle. That's why they want the lids, because it has a higher plastic content. And it takes 200 pounds of lids, 200 pounds of lids to make one wheelchair. That's like a whole person made out of lids. <laughs> so I'm going to have to collect a lot of lids. And she was like, oh, yeah, I collect them everywhere. I collect them at home. And she said, and I make my um, husband pick them up off the floor of the stadium <laughs> I was like, that's my kind of girl. All right. Okay. When, I, when I worked at Pan Am, oh, okay, I was good. based in Miami. 
and there was this crazy woman that we always heard about. Zoe? Zoe. <laughs> I know because I've heard about Zoe. So, so my first, I was, well, we had a, we had a, from the parking lot to the lounge, we had a breezeway we walked through. And I'd heard about this woman for several years yeah. since I'd been at Pan Am. Yeah. And they said, you're always going to recognize her by two things. So I'm looking down the breezeway as I'm walking toward the lounge, and here comes this lady with a bowl cut. She had a bowl cut, platinum blonde hair. I said, all right. And she's pushing she's pushing her carriage like a Coca-Cola man going to the Coke machine. That's her. That's her. And so I was like, oh, ding, God. Ding, 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 ding. And I went around her real meekly. I didn't want to, because she, she had a real yeah. reputation. Well, finally, one day, I show up at the plane, and I'm flying with Zoe. So we get on the flight. We do some kind of flight. It's like a turn or something. And when we get to where we're going, the pilots come out looking for their USA Today, right? Oh, okay. So they're walking through first class, and Zoe's sitting in first class, and the pilot comes up, and he notices she's sitting on a USA Today. And he said, are you reading that? She looked at him. She stood up, turned the page, sat back down, and said yes. <laughs> So getting to and from work, standby, has become a bigger problem. It was always a problem. You know, it was always something you had to, it was always stressful. But we have less, ever since the pandemic, we have less flights. So there's less flights and the same amount of people trying to get to work. And the jump seat, you know, the little fold-down seat that we can um stowaway on isn't gone doesn't go by seniority it's first come first serve at 1 p.m so many days before your flight so i set an alarm i mean this is important this is the flights are full i can't get on i need the jump seat but there's a whole bunch of other people who want the jump seat so i've been setting my alarm and like say if i'm in london i sit on a park bench and i watch the phone and it's like okay 1255, 1256, 1257. And then at, when it hits one o'clock, and then which is really, you know, six o'clock there, it's like, bam, got to hit it like a buzzer, like a game show. And then it twirls around and then it tells you if you got it or not. And anyway, this trip, I'm coming home from Amsterdam. And one o'clock is going to be when we're doing the final meal beverage service landing into the United States and I got to get the jump seat. So I have my work phone, which we have that app on the phone. I have it on my beverage cart and I'm like, I got to get the jump seat. Got to get the jump seat. This is going to work on my next trip, which is my big Africa trip where I'm going to go glamping and, and doing all kinds of things and I want to be able to get to work. So I have the I have the phone there. And I'm like, hi, something to drink. It's now 1256. I look at it. Okay, 1256. Hi, something to drink. 1257. Okay, okay. Hi, something to drink. 1258. Okay, okay. Hi, something to drink. 1259. And I'm just looking at the phone. Looking at the phone, looking at the phone. It's amazing how how long it takes for, to get to, from twelve fifty nine to one o'clock. Watching, watching, watching. It's like a game show. Watching, watching, watching. One o'clock. Boom! <sighs> I got it. It's like woohoo! Yahoo! I've been so lucky that I've been flying Maui, and you know Hawaii in general is. 
honeymoon land. You know, a lot of people go to their honeymoon in Hawaii. But I'll tell you, some of these honeymoons go bad. <laughs> I was in a hotel and I saw these paramedics coming up with a gurney and like some police and on our floor. And I was kind of like, oh, I hope it's none of the crew members. <laughs> But one of the crew members we were picking up a couple hours later, um, she was on the crew van saying, oh, yeah, I saw the whole thing. The the wife, the new wife on her honeymoon, she must have been drinking too much. And now that I saw them at like noon. So this is not in the evening. This, this is in the morning. Apparently, I don't know the commotion she I don't know what all she was doing, but they called the police, the paramedics, and she said she was watching it all in the in the, the hall near her room. And the husband's going, "Honey, stop, stop!" And he's saying to the the all these other people, the hotel workers, the police, the paramedics, he's going, "I've never seen her like this. I don't, I don't know. She's never been like this before." Honey, stop! <laughs> That's a honeymoon gone bad. And then on the plane coming back from Maui. There's a honeymoon couple. She, she's, I'm going to use the, uh, she was using different verbiage. I'm going to use the more PC verbiage, but she called me over and she's like, he effing spilled a whole glass of red wine on me and I don't have another effing pair of pants and I don't effing want to sit next to him anymore. She's like spitting and I'm saying, hey, you know, baby, quit swearing. And I'm thinking, this is another honeymoon gone man. I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind and generous when you were going to buy something on Amazon. And we all buy a lot of stuff on Amazon. If you take just a second, go to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. It doesn't cost you anything. It supports the show. You can even bookmark it, so it takes you even less time. And I like to see what people buy. This past month, somebody bought nice bottles, clear glass woozy bottles. <laughs> woozy bottles, okay? And then paws dog boots, rubber dog booties, snow boots for dogs, and Big G Creative. Who's the goat? <laughs> anyway, if you're going to be generous, you want to support the show, please consider going to my website, bettingthesky.com. doesn't cost you anymore. And I thank you so very much. I'm so far away. So I was lucky enough to have this two-day Johannesburg layover and one-day Cape Town layover, and I've never been to Cape Town. And so it's very exciting, and it's really, uh, I've been doing the whale watching in Maui, and now this. It's like, I'm basically getting to do vacation things while at work. I mean, it's, I feel so fortunate. It's like what everybody had hoped the job would be. It just took a long time to get there. So uh, luckily, one of the people on my trip, very nice, she um, arranged a two-day, one-night glamping safari. How nice is that in the um, Dino King area? And uh, it's like an hour and a half drive from Johannesburg. They pick us up. They take us there. And I didn't really know what to expect from glamping. I hadn't seen any photos, but this was a really nice tent. Really nice tent. And it, it was great sleeping, hearing all the noises out there. There were like hippos grunting in the night. But anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll go back a bit. Uh, 
they, they served this, it was on this river where there were hippos and crocodiles in there, and it was so nice. I can't even explain how nice it was to be back on safari so soon after my November Tanzania safari. And and I'm at work. I'm getting paid. I'm sorry. This is like an embarrassment of riches. An embarrassment of riches. <laughs> so there were eight of us, uh, seven flight attendants and one pilot. And uh, we got to go on a game drive. And the first day we saw a white rhino and a baby white rhino and wildebeest and warthogs. And I'm like, yippee, 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 yippee. And get this. There was an elephant outside the tents. An elephant outside the tents. There were these big prints and it was right in front of the pilot's tent. I mean, he could have knocked the tents over easily, but luckily he was a polite elephant going through camp. And apparently it's unusual because the guy who sets up these things for the cruise was like, I heard you had an elephant at camp. (laughs) Super fun. Super fun. And um, there was a game drive the next morning and we saw giraffes with their tongues sticking out. And it was just thrilling. And so I thought that trip was unbeatable. Uh, Can't be beat. Do it again in a heartbeat. Loved it. Love, 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 loved it. I just like being in a safari camp, safari lodge environment where there there can be animals around. I just, I don't know. To me, there's nothing better. But then, here, here I'm saying there's nothing better. Then we go to Cape Town. And uh, meet with two of the girls that I'd been glamping with. And uh, she got a driver, which was so nice of her. Because Cape Town is gorgeous. It's like like Malibu. And I only had one day. I didn't see that much. So you can't do everything in one day. And you got a big, long flight going home. So we were just going to go take the funicular up to Table Mountain, look around, uh, go down and have a seafood lunch overlooking the water. Sounds like a great day. Then come back and maybe take a nap before the big long flight home. And um, the hotel isn't in the best area. So we've had some pilots get held up with knives. And there's a note in the room, in the room that says, don't walk around the hotel, certainly don't have any jewelry on and don't do anything suspicious, like have an umbrella. When did an umbrella get suspicious? Or is it an umbrella a sign of wealth? An umbrella? Anyway, I didn't understand. So luckily, this girl had gotten a driver. So he would pick us up and because it's not safe around the hotel and take us to where the funicular is and basically take us wherever we wanted to go. So we did Table Mountain. It's gorgeous up there. Another trip. I'm hoping I'm going to have another trip. Don't have one planned. But I think I'll do like a whole bunch of hiking up there because there's some animal up there that I've never even heard of called a dazzy. We didn't see any dazzies. And you know, I like my animals, especially an animal I hadn't seen, haven't seen. So uh, another trip, I'll go by myself and just hike, 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 hike. We just did. It's big up there. You can go on forever. So I'm sure I can find myself a dazzy, <laughs> not a doozy, a dazzy. But anyway, uh, we he picks us up from there. And then he said, oh, do you want to stop by Signal Hill? And it was like, he's like, it's on the way. It's like, Sure. So um, we go and take pictures there. And then we see, hold on, then we see, hold on, people paragliding off the mountain, paragliding over the city, over the water. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. And so I was thinking, okay, I'll get another trip at some point and I'll do that. And um, the other girl, there were three of us and she's like, 
well, I don't know if I'm getting back here. What if the winds aren't right? Let's do it today. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so the other girl takes the driver and drives down there. And we're like, we're going to fly a different way of flying. We're going to fly down there and we'll meet you down there. And I wasn't planning on doing this. I wasn't dressed right for it. But, um, you know, when in Cape Town and when I've never been paragliding, I, I uh, anyway, I, and I, I do get a little scared. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's my age. But the last time I was in, uh, where was I when I did it? I think I was, oh, in the Turks and Caicos, I think. Um, I did just the parasailing, you know, right behind a boat and it's high up. And I was kind of afraid of that. It's like, how safe is this? <laughs> but now I'm going to run with a guy and they go run, run, run. And then you take off, off a mountain over the city. When, I don't know how safe this is, but I thought I'm going to do it. Cause I, when I jumped out of the plane, it was a big high, even though it scared the crap out of me. And so, uh, I, we do it. It's like run, run, run jump off, get airborne. And it's like, it's pretty, but I'm like, holy shit, holy shit. This is scary. This is scary. Ah, this is scary. Ah, this is scary. Ah. <laughs> and the guy, he's like, um, here, here, put your hand here. So I think I don't have my hands in the right. And he's like, I don't let you fly. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to fly. You fly, you fly, you pay attention. You fly. <laughs> Then he starts doing these like roller coaster moves. And I'm like, no, 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 we don't have to do anything extra. This, this is plenty scary. Believe me, it's gorgeous. It's exciting, but I'm scared enough. No extra scary moves. <laughs> He's just laughing at me. <laughs> and we go out over the water and I'm kind of hyperventilated, just a little, it's scary. I'm sorry, it's scary as shit, but it was exciting, but scary. <laughs> so we come in and then we're, it's time for landing. And I think I had this adrenaline dump. You know, I just, it was, it was like over exciting. Um, and uh, he's coming in and he's like, stand up, stand up. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't feel my legs. My legs are like jello. So eventually I got them to, to, <laughs> to act like legs. And now our driver and the other girl who didn't do it and the other girl are there. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh my God, that was scary. Oh my God, that was scary. Oh my God, I couldn't feel my legs. And we're like, we saw it. You you couldn't even stand up. I'm like, no, I couldn't stand. I was so scared. <laughs> so the driver's like, why'd you do it? Why would you do that if you were so scared? I'm like, no, it was exciting. It was super fun. But yeah, I was scared. I was scared. And then we're in the car. He's going to drive us to this restaurant where we're going to have this fancy seafood. And um, I was like, Whew. Oh, oh, I was like, I guess, you know, there's, there's not that many highs. This was a, I'm sorry, but this was a high. I thought the, I thought, I thought the glamping safari was exciting, but this was really exciting. I mean, really, really exciting. So now we're in the van and the, the driver is laughing at me and um, I'm telling, I don't know, I've never met these girls before, but I'm telling them and the driver and I'm like, because uh, I was more scared than the other girl. She she thought it was very exciting, but she wasn't scared. I was scared. And I was like, yeah, I, I did. a um, I, did, I jumped out of a plane. I did skydiving uh, to get a Christmas card. I was just really trying to get the Christmas card photo. And when I got there, it was in Monterey. It's beautiful. And they're like, but you want to go skydiving? I'm like, no, I really just want to get my Christmas card photo. And I was worried about keeping the Santa hat on and what shoes to wear. And if it was like a Santa dress and if it was going to fly up. And then when they, I'm, I'm telling, this is the short version. I told it on the podcast many, 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 many years ago. But this is the short version. So they opened the door. Um, of the plane 
to do the skydiving. And then this is where the fear came in. And I was like, oh, no, uh, uh-uh. no, no, I don't want to do this. No, uh, uh-uh. no, no. <laughs> and the guy just jumped. And they at the time they you had somebody else that that skydove also so they could take the video. Now they use like a GoPro. But so um, in the video, I passed out a little bit. You could see me like hanging limp. I was so scared. I passed out for a second because they were like, do you remember? How was it the, that first second? And I'm like, I don't remember the first second. And that's because in the video, you can see I passed out. No, the driver is laughing at me. And he's like, I can't believe if you get that scared, you do it. And I'm like, yeah, but it was exciting. I'm so far away. Had to see my baby. This next little story, a really nice president sent to me and on Instagram, and it's a comedian, and he's doing his point of view as a flight attendant, and I swear he really knows his flight attendants. <laughs> he nails it. His name is, on Instagram, it is Jimmy, R-E-E-S underscore, and I will put a link in the show notes. Oh, hello there, flight attendant. Okay, let's get started. The passenger call bell. Attending the passenger call bell. Attending the call bell only to be handed some rubbish or a bag of vomit. Copious amounts of hairspray. Copious amounts of bobby pins. Wondering if there's any cuties on board. Spotting the bobs before any of the other crew. Seven days in Barbados, if you know what I mean. A bruise on your thigh from passengers' elbows. A hair out of place. Oh, no. Makeup. 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 Perfect makeup. Perfect hair, perfect teeth, an imperfect life, eardrops, earplugs, medicated eardrops, a tight bum, having a customer service voice that's five times higher than your actual voice, knocking on the toilet door, hangover from nights away from base, hooking up with a pilot on a night away from base, COVID ruining the Mile High Club, putting on my best fake laugh when undoubtedly someone makes a joke about the Mile High Club. A tiny scarf, leg compression bands, copious amounts of hospital grade air freshener when someone takes a dump in the toilet, bad coffee, a wheelie bag, referring to passengers as packs, giving eye contact and talking to someone with headphones on and then not picking up the obvious cues that you are talking to them and asking them if they'd like anything from the car and despite them watching you for the past 10 minutes approaching their row, asking other people if they want something from the car and they're clearly going to buy something from the car and even though they don't take their headphones off, they say, Huh? What did you say? I can't hear you. An eye roll at people who stand up the moment the planes land and then have to stand there with their neck crooked like this for the next 15 minutes. Being asked if you have skim milk, almond milk, soy milk, pea milk, hemp milk, oat milk when they're literally on a flying shop. Disdain towards passengers who literally think you have a kitchen back there. Waking up to an alarm in the middle of the night and thinking, where the hell am I today? Trying your best to ignore drunk passengers. Responding to someone's call bell when they actually just wanted to turn the light on. Playing a real life game of Tetris with the overhead baggage, giving a passenger an apple when they request a vegetarian option on a 50-minute flight, a manicure that gets all chipped after your first shift, buying another pair of stockings because they keep getting ripped on the rogue Velcro, mild to moderate sleep deprivation, wishing passengers would sit the f*** down and not practice yoga in the galley when you're eating your lunch break and trying to gossip, waking people up after 14 hours so they can eat breakfast and dealing with their extremely stinky breath, only to serve them even stinkier eggs, the ability to pack a 10-day holiday and carry on, always having a bottle of sanitizer, even before it was a thing, a mild to moderate affinity to the smell of jet fuel, saying the phrase, any rubbish...
having to re-clean the galley after a pilot wants to come out and make their own coffee. A pair of Diana Ferrari super soft pumps. Telling a passenger you'll be right back and never coming back because you've got 50,000 other things to do. Trying to make a colleague laugh when you're doing the safety demo. And finally, pointing to everything with two fingers. Seemingly have been to every single city just about anywhere, only to have seen the inside of a hotel, the inside of an airport, and the inside of the plane you just arrived on. And crop dusting the entire cabin. Coming back from Cape Town, it's a long flight. It's 16 hours. You've already been up doing a bunch of stuff in Cape Town. You go, you don't sign in till late at night, and then you got 16 hours. It's a seven-hour time change. It's long. So um, the other crew members are on break, and luckily, I mean, it's really lucky. Makes a giant difference. I had two really fun flight attendants who were awake with me in my cabin, so it makes the time go by so much faster. We're telling stories, and uh, this. The one flight attendant goes, man, these farts keep wafting back here. It's terrible. And me and the other girl were like, I don't smell it. But people do. People's stomachs get upset because the passengers, you know, it's hard on everyone. It's hard to be up. It's just a long ass flight. And again, she's like, man, these farts that are wafting back here are just terrible. I think somebody's sick. And the other girl and I were like, I don't smell it. Till them. A flight attendant comes down from crew rest, and we're like, "Hey, you're you're up too early. You have like an hour and a half." And she she's confused. She's been asleep, and she's like, "Huh?" We're like, "You're up too early. You have like an hour and a half left. Go back upstairs." And she's kind of like, "Huh?" And then then she puts her hand in front of her nose and starts waving it, and goes, "Smells like farts." I'm on. certain layovers where the airline would get us a car oh, and yeah. as a crew we, yeah. would, we would share it and um, so in Air Wisconsin we had to clean our own airplanes and everything we had to, I work for People Express we did that too oh right so um, well so I'm cleaning my airplane where it's New Year's Eve the captain has brought his wife you know and, and um, he uh, I, I'm going through the airplane I'm cleaning and I see 50 cents on, on the floor and I, I go to pick it up and he gets there before me and he picks it up and he puts it in his pocket. And I was like, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm cleaning the airplane yeah. and you're gonna take the 50 cents. 50 cents off a flight attendant, you know? <laughs> so in, in any case, it's, after all this happens, and I'm pretty miffed about it. I mean, it's only 50 cents, yeah. but it's just the, the, idea. the, the principle yeah. of it all. Um, he asks if he and his wife can have the crew car and the first officer and I, because it was just one flight attendant, would just be stuck at the hotel and that 50 cents cost him a car rental he had to go rent a car because we said absolutely not <laughs> that's exactly right serves you right on that flight from maui where we had the honeymoon couple not liking each other as much as they did before the wedding <laughs> this other flight didn't said oh I remember it's a long time ago. It's when we had the movie. We had the big screen in the front of the cabin and everybody had to watch the same movie. And she said, um, this woman had gotten on the plane with an expensive Louis Vuitton purse. And the husband was standing back in the galley and none of us knew why he was standing back in the galley until they heard a blood 
curdling scream. <laughs> they went running up there. That couple had been having a fight, and she had a giant um, fast food Coke, and he had poured the whole Coke into her expensive Louis Vuitton purse. And so they get up there and she's screaming and she's saying, these are, I can't believe you did this. I'm filing for a divorce. So we quickly renamed them to the Louis Chiton. <laughs> this was funny to me. <laughs> it's an all-nighter, you know, coming back from Maui and this guy a few hours back from the couple that was not having a good honeymoon, uh, he calls me over, and I, I this is right when there was a spill, so I was like, hold on, I'll be back. You know, you think it's going to be something else important, and I'm like, hey, what do you need? And he goes, that door over there? What, where does that door go? He's pointing to the crew rest door, because <laughs> he had seen like five people go in there. And I said, oh, that's the crew rest area. And he goes, how can they fit five people in there if the space is so small? It's right next to the lab. So he's picturing five crew members going into the lab. Like, like, how many people can you fit in a Volkswagen? Sayings are sayings for a reason. And life is what you make it is one of those sayings. I was talking to these other flight attendants and... I'm going to say beforehand, they were my seniority because some people would be like, well, you have the good trips. That's why you like your job. But no, these people were my seniority. And so the one guy goes, this job, this job is like any other job except you eat dinner in another city. And I'm thinking, no, it's not like any other job. I got to walk with lions, walk with lions. And this other girl goes, yeah, this job, this job is just like any other job. You work and then you drink wine in a hotel room instead of drinking wine at home. And I'm thinking, I took a hot air balloon in Africa. <laughs> this job is not the same as any other job. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. I'm on a Class.